0: No. It's enough. Even torturing you is boring.
1: This is the small council. Hey,
2: everybody. It's another episode of Small Council Radio. Uh, I am back from a long hiatus. Um, Brett and uh, Cyrus have been holding down the fort for me. Um, just holidays can get pretty rough, and I'll, most people can relate to that. Uh, today, uh, kind of to, as a way of coming back, going to do a giveaway show no real topic just going to be talking about a bunch of random stuff Uh, if you saw the link uh, soon enough um, if you call in uh, you'll have a chance to win a starter box of your choice Uh, out of the options that i have i think i have uh, like five different options five different factions to choose from Um, if i'm not mistaken it's the new Lannister starter half, uh Nice Watch, Greyjoy, and Free Folk. And I also have, if you don't mind the older models, I do have the uh Stark half of the, the Lannister Stark starter. Um, so that is what's up for grabs. Uh pretty much whoever calls in uh has a chance uh to win it. I will do I will say one kinda caveat. If you are overseas, um I'm sure it's no surprise to anyone. Shipping is insane at the moment. So I just ask that you uh kinda meet me in the middle to cover shipping. Um you could also probably cut down on shipping if like we figure out a way just to ship the models and or anything that's in the box that you really want. Um, I know a lot of the cards are going to be obsolete, uh, depending on which starter you pick. Um, you know, a lot of people could care less about the tokens, that sort of thing. I know the last time I gave away a starter, they literally only cared about the models, but that's completely up to you. If you want everything, I will do my best to make it worth it. Um, especially if, you know, maybe you want the box. And so we kind of just have to ship the whole thing, but we'll figure it out. Uh, You know, with that said, uh, you know, I have on with me for this show, uh, Brett, thank you for uh, joining me. Thanks. Thanks for letting me on today. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Um, So what's uh, what's new with you?
3: Oh, um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm sure that I'm not as busy as you, but I've been a little bit busy. I haven't played in person as much as I'd like, but I've been playing a lot of TTS. Um, it's just been really fun tinkering around, exploring some things. Uh, I've entered a couple of online tournaments. That's not anything uncommon. Uh, I've circled back to watch a little bit, playing them, you know, relatively competitively. It's it's definitely a change of pace. I took a break from them and was playing Baratheon, Stark, little bit of Martells, Greyjoys, um Lannister stuff trying to avoid like what we know is is good meta wise and then on a, whew, when I went back to Night's watch it was uh definitely uh returning to some pretty pretty decent tricks and some pretty cool stuff that they can do. So it's kind of it kind of really just refreshed my my interest in Watch, I really like the way that they do. It, it does feel like a nice edge, but if you manage to pull your plays off at the right time, do things properly, you know, mind the tempo, mind what's going on that round, the next round, and all of that, you can do some really nasty stuff and snowball a game. But again, it's a nice edge. If, if you play, if you make mistakes, do a couple of things wrong, they can definitely be beaten. But when they're when they're played well, they're tough. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, yeah, as far as myself, uh, I haven't really played almost anything in a in an entire month. Uh, it's been quite a while. Um, as I kind of already mentioned, holidays have been a little crazy for me this year. Uh, I actually haven't even touched three weeks, which is extremely odd for me. Uh, I'm normally, you know, like every other day painting something, especially because. I wanted my martels to be, I just wanted to hammer out and get all my martels done, and I'm sitting over here with, I think, like two units, uh, a bunch of the characters, and like two units painted. Um, So a little disappointed in myself for that. Uh, Like I said, I, I was really hoping to hammer it out, especially now that they have a bunch more units out that I have to go out and buy and prime and magnetize and then paint those. Um, especially with Adepticon kind of on the horizon, I was really hoping to have, um, at minimum, uh, the, whatever it is I plan to use at Adepticon painted, let alone, you know, I'd love to just have it all painted, but you know, it's, it's a work in progress. Um, and then I want to mention anyone that is listening that does call in. Normally I kind of vet everyone, how you all, know, uh, step away for a moment while some, you know, the other hosts talk and then kind of vet everyone to see if they want to come on because, uh, there could be a potential, lot of callers for this one. Um, I'm just going to kind of, if you call in, I'm just gonna, you know, one by one, uh, you know, just, uh, add you to the call and, um, you know, kind of get your thoughts on the state of the game, how you feel about it and this and that. And, um, uh then i'll have uh i'll write down everyone's number that had called in and then randomly pick pick one um uh i would just say that if i do bring you on uh, uh send me a a message on uh messenger or uh, so in some form that way if uh if i you end up being the one that i pick uh, then I'll have your contact information, or, and I'll be able to contact you about it. Um, so, uh, how uh, how how did your holidays go, Brett?
3: Oh, uh, it was it was pretty good. Um, Susie did a lot of the shopping, which was nice. Um, most of the days that I'm off, I have all of the kids, so it's a little bit hard for me to you know, go out and do Christmas shopping, but she, she managed it. Um, It was definitely hectic this year. Um, I've been working late hours. I'm actually still at work right now. She's been working extra late at work. She is a, like an on-call nurse. She's doing temp jobs right now. She stays over late almost every single night. So it just seems like for the last at least couple of months, We've both been getting home really super late, just long enough to eat, sit down for a second, and then go to bed, so it's been tough. Um, The holidays were really no exception. Some of the plans got ruined because of this upper respiratory kind of flu or coronavirus or whatever it is that's going around. It seems like nearly everybody has it, and then Susie got the start of it, and then hers turned into pneumonia, so he's had a really rough go. Um, so it's just been a lot of, a lot of coughing and hacking and everybody being sick and some of the stuff had to be canceled to keep family away, like I said. So it wasn't as, as awesome as I would hope, but, um, you know, you make do, Yeah, you know, we're all happy to be alive. I'm sure. So.
2: Yeah. Um, I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> most of us just got over it like the last couple of days, but, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, pretty much, uh, immediately after Christmas, uh, all of us kind of got sick, some worse than others. Um, now it's just kind of, uh, Katie is the only one that's, uh, kind of still got a, a, a kind of a strong cough, but that's about it. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, was at this uh, weekend to uh, finally get some games in and you know get back in the swing of things. Um, with that said, uh, we can kind of jump over to our first caller. Um, we have uh, four zero zero seven. Hey. Oh hi. How, hi. How's it going?
4: Uh, it's going good. My name's Sam.
2: Awesome. Uh, where are you calling yeah. from, if you don't mind?
4: Yeah. Uh, i'm actually calling from longwood garden pa awesome yeah
2: so uh if you didn't already hear uh just uh <laughs> you know sometime tonight just send me like a a message in some form and then if uh if you win the starter box i'll have a way to contact you um oh, cool. but yeah. uh with that said uh you know uh what do you think uh of this about the spots state of the game how 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 are you liking it?
4: oh, I love it actually uh I'm really- ex- uh, excited for the bog Devils to come out like that's looking for the january thirteenth kind of date right now um, like for me i we did my brother and i we just got started in the game a couple months ago and we're on our way to l v o uh later this month, so we're just excited to like have the whole experience.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm.
4: you
2: know, it's always great to have some newer players. Uh mm-hmm. uh, you said you're going to uh LVO?
4: Yeah, Las Vegas.
2: Yeah. Nice. Brett, uh, were yeah. you gonna be going to that? I forget.
4: Uh it's... Oh pardon?
3: Oh, he he was asking if I was going. It's it's kind of up in the air a little bit. Um it really depends on Susie's schedule. And then how, how everybody is doing, um, her parents are really about the only ones that watch our kids and they're, they're definitely a little bit older. So if, if anybody's sick, we try not to even bring them around. So it, it, it might get derailed. I've I've paid for everything. I might end up having to call that in again. It's really unfortunate. It got canceled last year for the same reason. Um, Everybody was sick. It was too stressful. It didn't make any sense for me to leave town for three or four days for gaming. I have to prioritize what's going on at home over that. So I'm still cautiously optimistic that I'll be able to go, um, particularly because Swabek is coming in, and uh, he's coming in from Poland. I really want to meet him, and I want to meet in person a lot of the guys in this community. So I'm hoping that I can, but I'm I'm not 100% sure how it's going to shake out.
2: So, uh, uh, to our caller, um, what uh, factions uh, did you start up and your friends start up?
4: So, uh, I started out with Starks. Um, I had this, I bought the uh, Kickstarter set back when it came out in 2015, but got married, had a few kids, sold that, and then my brother and I just got back into it. He's playing Greyjoys right now. And we have a few friends. We just kind of want to get all the factions, really.
2: I see, nice. yeah, I mean that's the best way to go about it, I think. Uh but yeah, Starks or Greyjoys are definitely uh super fun. Um they're very high on my on my list of things I love to play. Um, how uh how big's your group at the moment?
4: So uh we we decided to go to a local game shop in our area. We just thought it'd be easier to kind of go out and have join the community that way. So, we went from a game shop that had one player, and so far we have, like, a Discord channel with, like, 20 other players now. So, like, uh just joining into the hobby, like, the the local community group. So, right now, so like, our game shop that we play at, there's, like, 10 on average. I think there's 20 in the Discord who are all getting interested in it. So, it's been a lot of fun to, like, build up the community that way by just gaming, getting one starter set at a time. Are you guys... uh do you do casual tournaments or have any plans to start doing them? You
3: know, they don't yeah. have to be super competitive, of course. But
4: yeah, yeah, and uh, that's kind of like how we all are. We just like playing. But I think in February we're planning on doing like a campaign, using like either like the Game of Thrones Risk map or the board game map, It just kind of like do a turn-based strategy army builder game.
1: Oh, that's cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, in our I group think- are like, oh, go ahead. No, you, you can go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh. No, it's okay. Um, we all, like, really just casual players. Like, they, we're we, my brother and I We're like, yeah, we're going to a tournament. We bought tickets to the tournament before we ever bought a starter box. So we kind of joke that we're, you know, top tier, and then we just kind of play around. We lose immediately. We just have fun. It's the right group.
3: Yeah, I mean, have, having fun and playing is the most important thing, and I
4: think, I
3: think going out to LVO, I think it's going to be a great time just because, for the most part, I don't have the full list of attendees, but I'm in a a group chat, and I know almost all of the people in there, and I know that they're awesome. I know they're going to make sure that it's a really great time for everybody. So it's super exciting. Um, Yeah, I think you're doing it the right way, getting getting into even casual little tournaments or campaigns or whatever, whatever it takes to get you exposure to
5: every faction that's
3: available and let you see some of the things that they do, that's the best way to really experience this game. Um, You want to get a little piece of everything and see every faction played and then kind of opens up your mind some different stuff that you can try out.
2: Yeah, I think uh, LVO, I think you'll have a blast. Um, If it wasn't so far, uh, I'd probably go to it. Um, It's just hard to plan a trip so far away. Uh, But um, I would say uh, with your group, you know, casual is definitely the best way to go, Um, you know, especially when you're starting out. Uh, Building that community and just getting people in the door is, you know, the hardest part. Uh, so I think, you know, you're, you're off, you guys are off to a good start. You know, you have a good, uh, sounds like a good, you know, number of players to kind of, you know, get things going.
4: No, I agree. And it was just something fun that, you know, a couple of months ago, my brother and I saw this and we're like, uh, oh, we got time off in January. We might as well do something crazy. And we thought, hey, let's go to a competitive <laughs> tournament and just try it out.
2: Any, uh, Any plans on going to
4: Adepticon? Uh, trying to figure it out. I have two girls, uh, under two. So it's like, it's tricky. So hard, hard to debate my wife and saying, Hey, I'm going to Las Vegas for a month. Okay. And then say like, Oh, I'm going to go to Adepticon too. She goes, what, what's this? (laughs) But ideally it'd be great, but that's a between, that's a different discussion.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty fortunate. I only live like 40 minutes from Adepticon, so it's uh, it's a lot easier to swing. Um, I usually only have to take like one day off work, and then I just drive back and forth each day. Uh, but if you if you guys end up going to that, I'll definitely see you there. Uh, I know Brett uh, plans to be there. A bunch of people, just because it's uh it's a lot closer to a lot of the you know, since it's in the Midwest rather than one of the coasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's,
3: yeah. Adepticon is it's definitely a staple for me. Adepticon and GenCon, it's relatively certain that I'll be able to switch those again. That it's close. I don't have to schedule a flight out there. And If something happened, like something did happen last year, and since I was closed, I was able to get that resolved. If it had been LBO, and, you know, I was waiting on a plane, I would have been kind of screwed, so um, Adepticon is definitely easier to pull off because I had to, to the, first, uh, oh, to the first, I just go to the next day.
2: All right, well, uh, I, I really appreciate you calling in. Uh, like I said, definitely send me a message on Messenger or some form, uh, and then I will let you know if uh, if you win the starter box.
4: All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Love the podcast, guys. Yeah, thanks, thank you.
3: Thanks, thanks for coming on.
4: My pleasure.
2: All right. And we actually have another caller. Um, we have caller 1029. Uh, Thank you for coming on. How's it going?
1: How are you doing, guys? Pretty
2: good. So, where are you calling from?
1: I'm calling from San Antonio, Texas.
2: Nice. Uh, So, uh, if you didn't already... Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't already heard... uh, um, you know, just send me a message on Messenger and uh that way if you win the starter box I'll have a way to contact you. Um but uh with that said uh kinda what are your thoughts about the game uh at the moment, like the current state of it?
1: Well uh mostly um uh, I'm a star player, uh hardcore. Like I know moving from that faction just because uh I actually learned it from my friends Uh, Little by little, it's my first miniature game. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun. I've been having ups and downs because the Starks, for some reason, they're always ending in the top tier, even if I'm very bad on it. I always have, like I think my record is like 100 loss before I win even my first game. But uh, right now, the faction stay is good without being overpowered. Do I want a little bit more love? Yes, like any fan from the Stark players. I always love to have more. Of course, uh, it's too much to ask for Simon and Fabio and uh, all the guys over there to just uh, always be the best. But I think uh, it's a good point for a person that just started learning miniature games or, or uh, tabletop game to start playing uh, the song Ice and Fire because we have... A lot of factions a huge diversity like each faction play way different each commander plays way different uh the only thing is i wish i know how to encourage more people to play it or to grab more fan base or get it like a little more developed and in my area we have a good group but there's always just gather small groups. So it's kind of hard to get together. Everybody. I don't know if you guys have the same problem or.
3: Yeah, I think it's probably mostly a universal answer. You know, I think as Dave said before, getting people in the door and getting them to, to touch the game is the hard part because the game does sell itself. As, as you mentioned, there's so much diversity, um, changing an entire the way the army feels the way that everything plays is as simple as just plugging in a different commander and some of the other unit choices that you have maybe even mixing up the attachment it's far different from you know uh, other war games where you've got a you'll have so many models and then you know you can't you can't just like I don't know I'll, I'll say Warhammer like if you were playing like Chaos Warriors and you couldn't, like, do too much with your heroes to completely mix up what the Chaos Warriors do. So you had what you played and then maybe some other stuff in reserves if you wanted to try. But it's just different with Ice and Fire because you can, you can take a unit and then see how they function and say, well, this unit would have been stronger with this commander because his cards play better for this unit. And, and it's really that simple to get a, a totally new army, basically, because it just plays that much different. Um, and the rules are simple to pick up. Um, everything's pretty straightforward. There's a little bit of, you know, rules lawyering that's needed in some situations, but they're pretty few and far between. So I think as far as doing demos and getting people into the mechanics of the game and getting them hooked is easy. Um, how you get those people in the door, it can be difficult. Um, you, a lot of it's word of mouth, um, but setting up demos at the store, you know, if you see guys shopping around looking at the Warhammer stuff, you got to kind of grab them over and say, hey, you want to check this game out? It's, uh, it's a rank and Play style game. It's cheaper to get into than Warhammer. You know, in our opinion, the rule set is more balanced and more fair if, if that's how you feel, and then get them to play. And normally a person that does a demo is going to be interested in, in playing the game.
1: No, you're right. Uh, I really appreciated all the... Uh the last shows that you have in explaining the rules because they've been so helpful, especially to me when I have a hard time to understanding. And I, I know uh, you can tell. I mean, English is not my, as my second language. It's very hard sometimes. to like, well, what exactly does this mean? And when I have my friends and everybody and uh, we gather it all together and like, well, we find this information here, and we can get to Discord or we can get to Facebook or any other platform to try and figure it out. And I want to say, like, when we find a problem, 80 to 90% of the time, we, we find the solution. Yeah. Yeah,
3: there's a lot of resources. The community is really nice, but it, it really makes me happy to hear that, that you are enjoying that segment because it was definitely something that we wanted to focus on. Um, because I think there's a lot of content creators in the community, but I didn't know for sure if there was anybody that really just deep dove into the rule book like that and really just broke it down. I think Luke and I spent close to three and a half, almost four hours just covering the rule book. And while I do think that the rules are simple, it was I, I think it was helpful and nice for us to be able to list some specific in-game examples and explain, hey, this is why the wording is that way, and this is why it's important. So it was a pleasure for us to do it, and we're going to continue that deep dive. So if you've got newer players that are interested in hearing it, and you yourself, if you want to hear it, we're going to be deep diving game modes. We're going to be deep diving the terrain and the terrain rules, and maybe give you some tips as we're breaking those down how you'll want to use them. Um, we'll give you some interactions that can happen with that drain. It's it's something we're pretty excited about pushing forward with.
1: And that's very appreciated. Like, you have no idea. Now, the only thing is, like, is the hardest for me is the trigger on the timing on the cards. I'm coming from pretty much playing a a card game. That was my hobby back in the time. And I pretty much sold all my cards to move to this game. As soon as I show up, and I start finding friends, but I get kind of, because I, I feel like you should be able to respond like back and forth, but you can only play one or two cards and that's it. So sometimes the trigger is like, ah, I thought I can do this, but and realize I realize there's no way you can play that other card or something that's not correct or the timing is already passed.
3: Yeah. And I, I, th- I think that's a frustrating thing that some people find with certain factions, um, particularly if they're a little bit newer or they're new to the faction. Um, even when I, I'm very experienced in the game, but even sometimes when I trickle back to Greyjoys, you know, there's a lot of start-of-friendly turn, start turns, start-of-turns, and they, they conflict with each other. And uh, that can, that's probably the most difficult thing, because if, you, if you're not seasoned with it you don't know, how to prioritize that? It can be difficult, and some of those uh, cards and those maybe those orders that you want to play can be wasted. Like, so I, I completely understand.
1: Again, uh, when you mentioned uh, Warhammer, all the examples that you bring it, it's kind of hard because for me it was I was my first game that I try to get in, but when I see the price, when I saw how big is the book of the, all the rules. And when I saw how expensive it was, and I no I didn't have a good experience with the community, and I was like, "Uh, never mind."
3: Yeah, that was a thing. And and I I try not to make these podcasts like a bash on Warhammer, especially bash on Warhammer Fantasy, but I I I think it does proper justice to you know vent frustrations that you had with the game. Um, I think that their their communication was pretty poor. Um, their FAQs were very infrequent. There was, even when I ended Warhammer four years into eighth edition and the game kind of collapsed, there were, there were questions and interactions that we had had since the beginning of the, of the edition, you know, um, how, how is this spell supposed to work? What's the wording on this mean? Um, does this bypass the rule book? Does it do that? And, and there was just not answers to those types of questions and then, Again, as you mentioned, the frustrating thing with the price, you know, if you're getting into a game like that and you think that something's going to be good and, and you buy it, like with Warhammer, you might spend two or three hundred dollars on a unit. If it was a fifty man unit in fantasy, depending on which box it was, it might have been forty, fifty bucks a box. And then you put it into a horde, you've got three hundred dollars into this unit, two, three hundred dollars into this unit all the time you spent painting it, and then you find out that it's just not good. And you might have to wait four years before a new edition. And and that's a, that's a strong selling point for A Song of Ice and Fire. Some people don't like change, but for the most part, war gamers do want things to not be stale. And you can confidently tell somebody playing, you know, like, hey, if this unit is underperforming, you can be assured that it'll get looked at in in about a year. It'll be evaluated. Maybe it doesn't get a buff, but they're at least going to look at it. And if something's way overperforming and it's blatantly obvious, they're going to take a look at it and they're going to rectify it. Uh, What do you think about it, Dave?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, nothing's ever perfect, um, but I have every confidence that, you know, uh, that the team is, you know, you know whenever there's a problem whether it be something that's too strong or not strong enough that, that it's going to be looked at uh they're you know they may not always be uh you know out there letting everyone know that they're present but you know I know that they listen to you know the community they have a, an ear to the ground uh you know not only that but they have you know trusted people that they know that also have their ear to the ground that they can listen to. Um, so I don't think that it's just this, you know, small group of people that kind of are in, you know, closed doors that are, you know, not taking, you know, the advice of the community. Uh, now again, no one's perfect and I'm sure there, you know, things will be missed. Um, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, uh, I believe that's just kind of the case with, you know, no matter what we're talking about, it could be, you know, whatever game, and something someone's going to find something that they feel was missed, or why wasn't this looked at, um, you know, but, you know, you can only look at so many things, and you can only test so many things. You know, for example, let's say there's a hundred things that need to be fixed, or that are either too strong or too good. All right, sorry, too strong or not good enough. Well, you know, you can't just like, okay, let's, you know, me and you Brett, let's do a uh, a game. I'll run 50 things that are too good or not good enough, and you run the other 50 things, and then we'll play a game. It doesn't work like that. A lot of times you can only test one or two of those 100 things at a single moment. To truly test that thing like you can't just make an entire you can't it's got to be quality over quantity for testing things and then not only that you need repetition like you need to test those things X number of times against X number of different things uh, to truly have I think you know enough data to know and Um, You know, we've talked about this kind of in the past, but stats, stats is amazing. Stats as far as like a tool, but there's a lot of nuance to those stats that doesn't tell you everything that a developer needs to know. Uh, You know, I'm no developer, but, you know, I've talked to Fabio and other developers enough to know that, you know, and even just listen to Fabio talk on, other, uh, podcasts or, you know, on other things where he talks about all the things that goes into what he needs for data in order to make a, a decision on changing something and, or even just initially releasing it. So there's a lot to it. It's not just, okay, you know, cause you can't, even if the entire community screaming for something, I mean, yeah, you should probably take a look at it, but just because people think they know what they want doesn't always mean it's the best course of action. So that's just kind of my take. What do you think, Brett?
3: Yeah, I think I think they've got a good system. Um, and to say that the, the the developers have a a knack for this, a, a talent for this, is an understatement. Like uh, the caller here is, oh, if you played dark in just the 2021 versus the season one, 2021 starts, A lot of those changes were just really subtle, but I have picked up starts a- after season one. I played them a little bit in 2021. It wasn't super great. It, everything hinged around at art NCU, basically. Now I think starts are super flexible. I think they, there's a ton of things that they can do. And I think they actually function the way that they had designed, um, even as far as uh, not, getting stronger as you die. So it was just uh, a couple of minor changes.
2: Not to cut you off. Um the I have two colors uh kinda in you know waiting around. Don't worry, I see you. Uh, I'll have you guys jump on in a in a minute. Um so don't go nowhere. Uh but yeah I I definitely agree with you Brett. Um uh to our current color uh so um before we uh you know, let you go, uh, is there anything else that you kinda wanted to mention?
1: No, uh pretty much uh, uh thank you guys. Thank you for all uh, you guys doing. Uh it's always been uh one of the tools I use the most when I'm trying to fix something, when I'm trying to learn something, when I'm trying to fix my way to play. And I wanna say like thanks to you you guys have been pretty much improving every month. Every time I try and Come back to the game and uh, have a game with my friends. They always tell me, hey, from I have these games as the Kickstarter. From that point to right now, it's just been a very amazing experience. I'm trying to develop all the skills I need. Trying to understand like it's uh, a miniature game and see how uh, it's so much fun. And I enjoy it. And uh, I want to say just thank you po- to both of you. One because you've been le- helped me to understand, and you've been connect to us more with uh, with Simon and uh, all the developers.
2: Yeah, of course. I I appreciate you calling in. Uh, you know, it's always awesome to hear from so, from the people that are listening and, to the podcast. You know, we, we do it for you guys it. and.
1: Go ahead. And last thing, if you want to give me a big favor, David, if you can. Yeah, of course. If you you can, uh, you know, just just as a friend, just mention to Fabio the Starcar writers, just need a little bit of of love, just a little bit, (laughs) Just, just, just a tiny twitch. I don't know, maybe you can hook me up, you know.
2: Morale, morale too, right?
1: Um, I don't want to say only <laughs> attack free. That's it. That's all I need. That's all I need. I don't yeah. need anything
2: else. I don't need anything else change. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Thanks. All right. Thank <laughs> appreciate you. So, it. <laughs> yep. Thank you for calling in. Uh,
5: bye.
2: All right. So I, I see three callers uh, on on hold. Uh, I'm just going to have you guys come in uh In the order that you popped up. Uh, So next up, uh, we got caller eight zero nine six. Thanks for calling in. Are you uh, are you there? Eight zero nine six. I'll, I'll try back with you, uh, in a minute. Uh, let's see. Caller six three nine three.
3: Yeah. Hello. Hey,
2: where are you calling from? I'm calling from windy Sacramento, California. Nice. So, uh, Sorry, just writing down your number. Um that way I can confirm it's you. uh if for you and anyone listening, uh if you haven't already heard, uh send me a message after this. That way I'll have your info in case you win the starter box. I might be doing I might give like a unit box away as well because 'cause we've had so many people calling it and uh and the show isn't even half over. Um so definitely uh send me your info after the fact. Um but yeah, so uh what are your thoughts on kind of the state of the game? And then just kinda, you know, uh maybe just a little about yourself as far as like the your game like about you gaming wise.
6: Yeah, I've been playing for uh just a little a year here. We've got a really nice community in Sacramento. There's a guy Carl Kirsten who's been just kind of a big uh cheerleader for the game. He's worked on LBO. Um I'm really excited for where the game's at. I've I really enjoyed a lot of the new releases. Martel made a big splash here, and I know there's some some people are a bit salty about how well they're doing, but it's just been a blast to play them.
2: <clears throat> you said Martels.
6: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun,
2: especially fans versus yeah, Peter
6: lord. That that's turned out to be great.
2: <laughs> yep yeah I love martels they're i I'm not gonna lie. They are my favorite army at the moment um but they definitely i've played them so much recently they definitely give me a headache they are they are not easy to pilot like there's a lot of nuance to the order in which you need to do things yeah I
6: definitely agree, and especially if you kind of get the the right card draw, it feels really good and if you're Kind of fishing for the cards you really wanted. You have to get sand diplomacy round one. I feel like
3: that's when I would usually chuck. I yeah. I, I, actually, um, I find sand diplomacy hard to use no matter what. Honestly, it uh, a lot of times it ends up being detrimental to me, so I get a little bit skittish yep. about playing it. I would hope that. I mean, I don't know if it, if, if, if it's their intent. My my biggest issue with sand diplomacy is that it doesn't currently stop, like, Peter Baelish from switching the zone. It doesn't stop Melisandre from doing the test, Pycelle from placing a weekend, things like this. But it stops Oberyn from, you know, influencing. And uh, (laughs) so it's – I I feel like it's – either I just take it because it's not going to mess with their NCU anyway, or I um, end up getting – really no value out of it, so it's it's not awesome. The it's weekend t- yeah, it does for Doran. Yeah. And so situation where you feel like it worked out
2: really well for you? Rarely, but I would say uh, it, the funny thing is, even though it, I feel like it hurts me more than it helps me in almost every situation, just because I play it, I just, I'm like, you know, it feels wrong to, to ever f- discard a card when you can just play it. Does that make sense? Like, I understand, like, at the end of the rounds, like, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to hold this card, so let's get rid of it and draw something else. But if you actively can play a card, like, if a card is that bad that you don't even want to play the card, that's an issue. Like, I understand not wanting to hold on to cards, but if, like, you, if a trigger passes and you're like, I can play this card right now, and you say no, (laughs) then I think, you know, something needs to be looked at a little bit. But, uh, with that said, even if I think it's gonna hurt me, I play it. It just feels wrong to not play it. Maybe at the end of the round, uh, like, let's say I drew it, um, with the letter, and because the, Obviously, the start of round has already passed. I won't hold it for the next round to play it. I'll ditch it and then draw a card. But if I have it in my hand already, and then it's the start of the round, I just, I don't know. What about you, Brett?
3: I, to be honest, for me, um, the most value that you, I can get out of it is getting the weakened token, you know, Uh, putting fan diplomacy down on a zone that I know that they're intending to claim like swords or something. And then they claim it and they get weakened. Um, Even if I don't blank the NCU, the the weakened token, it's not, it's not like it's a terrible effect. I just feel like the card was designed to be something like a kind of similar to intrigue and subterfuge, but, you know, a little bit more diplomatic Um, and it's just unfortunate with the wording on the card that it allows a lot of NCs to fire off their ability and ignore that effect. Is it intentional? I don't know, because I didn't design the card um, or test it, so I don't know. I I can only assume, and it's never really safe to assume, because I think the, the levels of layers of madness from these developers, it's Kind of uh, elusive because everybody assumed that Gilly was going to get fixed and there were two FAQs and she wasn't. And so, well, everybody was assuming that she was intended to work this way, but they haven't fixed it. So maybe she was never actually intended to work the way that we want her to work, you know? So it could be the same with same diplomacy. Um, Maybe they were very well aware. Um, So I would have to, we'd have to get Fabio on the show and ask him specifically. We we asked him about Peter and Doran, and we got our answer. So,
6: Yeah, that's something I'd be really interested in learning because I, I look at that card, I feel like pretty often, and it just kind of scares me off from playing it, but I, I probably should try
3: it more just to get that practice in. Yeah, I I don't know if we lost Dave. Did we lose you, Dave?
2: I was muted. Uh, I was actually asking. Um, so, what are your thoughts on Martel's Like, do you feel they're too good, not good enough, right where they should be? Because I know a lot of people. You know, I think they have they have that like new faction uh, difficulty where you know they're the new thing, and when you pilot them really well they become a headache for a lot of people kind of like uh um uh what was it uh like one like right when night's watch first were released you know people had a really hard time with them because you know they were you know they just took a beating and you know they had so much sustain that it gave people headaches i feel like Martel's kind of in the same place uh what are your thoughts on it
6: You know, I felt that the combat units are pretty fair overall. I, I feel like in the local area, the only thing that people really kind of get real bummed about in Dorn NCU, and how there's isn't, if you depending upon what faction you're playing and deck, you don't have a counter to that, and it just it's kind of good to feel bad, especially if the Dorn player gets to take uh, the Water guard's ground too. There's a feeling of inevitability there, and you can kind of retreat and hunker down with the Royal Guard, and, you know, they're kind of stuck. They don't get those points. Um, but for the field units, I feel like they're generally pretty balanced, and um, I haven't seen really an issue with any of them being too powerful or underpowered, and the deck to me feels like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I, The more I play Martellus, the more I actually don't like playing Doran, Uh even competitively. Um, cause like you were saying, you know, if, if my opponent has an answer, I feel like I wasted points. And if my opponent doesn't have an answer, then I feel bad because, you know, it's, you know, it's just one of those kind of negative play experiences for someone either he's working and, you know, my opponent's mad or he's not working and I'm just mad because I feel like I could have just ran something else. Um, i really wish that his commander ncu unlocked the water gardens cuz that's the other thing is um because of that situation of not wanting to run him for you know multiple reasons but now i can't have that water gardens zone which then makes me not necessarily want to run um uh what's her name the the other ncu that uh, gives vicious and Criplo, because uh, she also gives the plus one move if someone's on the Water Garden. Well, Lady uh,
3: yeah, Lady Nim.
2: Yep, her. Um, you know, because I kind of want to run, you know, her and have the option to have that plus one move. But like I said, I just don't really want to run Doran So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully, Dorn gets uh, tweaked a bit because, you know, if you're talking, like, super high competitive, um, you know, level stuff, he's, he's not really that big a problem, you know, because everyone's going to be running a two-list format and have, you know, Peter is a pretty universal answer to Doran. So, but it's, it's on the more semi-competitive to casual side where he's kind of a problem. Yeah, I think
6: especially nail on the head if you're Oh pardon, I'm saying, i say I think you really have the nail in the head especially if it's a casual night and your opponent wasn't prepared with Peter or another uh pollution to Doran, then it's not really a good time for them.
3: Yep.
2: Yeah, I think uh you know, well especially you know, you're playing casual and um you know, I know most pl- not everywhere, but most places it's just oh, you wanna play a game? Okay, cool. All right bring out a list I bring out a list it's not you know there are some communities where they'll do like a two list format for casual but really it's just okay I bring a list you bring a list oh okay well you're running Doran well I didn't run I don't have an answer to that you know <laughs> uh, and it always it's always kind of a feels bad if you have to ask your opponent are you running this thing because now you know you're in a way tailing tailoring your list. And now it's like kind of a moot point because now it's like, well, if you're going to run an answer to it, I don't want to run him, you know, because <laughs> now he's wasted points. So yeah, it's, it's for me, it, even, even though I probably still wouldn't run him anymore because people just run answers for him. Uh, you know, I only run him uh, at like big events. Um, or I only will, I haven't run Martell's yet at a big event, but like, uh, like casual play, I won't even throw them out there. Um, and then my local tournaments, I'll probably only do it if it's like a bigger turnout, you know, like, uh, you know, like 16 people or more or something like that. But, uh, you know, any, uh, anything else with uh, the faction you think is maybe too good? You know, I've been
6: really excited to get Dune Vipers out there with a few uh, Martel Spearmen. That just seems like that turns that 5-point unit into a lot of fun. Um, but, again, they're 5-up armor, so I feel like there are ways around them. So it, it seems like it's, it's, there's a threat to your opponent, but if they play around it pretty well, they can negate that for you.
3: Yep. So it would be a,
2: a pretty cool if, like... Uh... I don't know, with all these cool abilities, it'll be cool if maybe, uh, you know, maybe it'd be too strong, but maybe if the the next hero box, like a commander, comes with kind of kind of like uh, Dagmar or Dagmir Clefjaw for uh, Greyjoys, comes with um, uh, coordination tactics. It'd be cool if maybe a Martell commander comes with that card because there's just so many cool abilities on so many different units that are really, you know, open up a lot of options um, kind of like you are saying with doomed vipers you know I could only imagine like some of the cool things you could do with giving gang up to different units or uh, you know uh, giving some abilities to the spearmen and so on
6: yeah giving separate charge to the uh, dervishes that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun
2: <laughs> yep
3: what do you think, Brett? I, I actually think Martels are pretty fair. Um, it's a point that you know a lot of people maybe don't like to hear. I know there's a lot of grumbling, even on the you know the more competitive side of the community about the Martels, but I uh, I think that most of the negative play experience surrounds you know Harmon Euler and uh, Doran. And so I've made it a point on TTS to challenge that specific build. Um, that's, you know, I go look for a game that's specifically what I want you to play. Bring your dirtiest, filthiest combination of it. And I've been able to beat it with uh, Night's Watch, Stark, Baratheon. Uh, the Lannister game I lost when I played Kevin. It it was a little bit dicey, but I, I feel like I could have won that match, you know, Um maybe 50-50, which means it's not that bad. Um, I lost as Harmon Euler with Doran to Free Folk, so, and I've also lost as Harmon to neutrals. So maybe it's just my personal experience and my bias, but I just don't see it as being that bad. It's strong, but it's not like awful double cross those and it's not Mance So for me, if that ends up being the strongest thing in the meta, I think I'm fine with it because there are plenty of ways to play around it. I think there's still an adjustment period where some people haven't, you know, gotten used to playing them yet. But I think, as Carlo put it when he and I talked about it, I think when you're playing Martel's, particularly when they have Euler and or Doran, you have to view it as you're the attacker and they're the defender. You can't play this passive long game that a lot of players like to play against Martel's. You're going to lose if you try to long game them because that's exactly what Martel do is play the long game.
2: Do you think uh, that makes uh, the Stark matchup uh, hard for Starks because Stark's also kind of like the more of the long
3: game? It doesn't necessarily make it harder for Stark. When I played Stark, I ran... units of Cranog trackers one of them with a survivalist and then i ran the new bog devils and i basically just hit them hit them with traps when they came to me because they against a unit with or or against an army with two ranged attacks they can't just sit still they'll get shot to death so he had to come to me so he was getting hidden traps i have three units that retreat after their attack So I can keep shooting you, and then I have the scouts order. I just shot them to death, honestly. I shot them to death, and then for the flayed men, I was able to put poison on them, get them engaged on a um, piece of terrain, and then when they activated, or at the start of the turn, or I can't remember what the trigger is for it, but I played Cranock Traps on that unit, so when they activated, they were engaged. They didn't have a choice. They took D3 plus one from the dangerous, two wounds from the bog devil poison, and they died. So the first two things I killed were their two blade men. I just shot them, and I think that, I mean, it's kind of lame, but that's probably the best thing that you can do to Martels is just shoot the crap out of them. That's how I beat them with Nightwatch. I didn't even charge my rainer, Ranger hunters. I just circled around them and shot them.
2: Have uh, uh, to our caller, have you had any difficulties with the uh, with the Martels, whether it be just you know? like how much uh, nuance there is to him or like maybe a matchup in particular? You know, echoing Brett's point,
6: um, definitely a few of the locals who play a lot of range units so have really given me a hard time, especially in the Stark matchup. I've got a, a opponent who put Warmind um, vet in Swarm Swords and then just a Stark Bowman behind them. But I couldn't get to them, and he's constantly pelting me. Uh, that was really difficult, especially when shield wall doesn't stop ranged attacks. And, um, you know, if I had some bad luck with my
2: morale tasks, then, yeah, it really gives me a hard time. I would say one thing to try, I've been running them a lot with my martels, uh, some Stormcrow archers, especially if, uh, if you don't mind running Doran. Um, you know, I, I'll run Doran with uh Ilara and oberon that way i have three ncu's there's six total spots so i can always get uh all three on the board and then uh because the uh stormcrow archers want those three zones for those buffs um a lot of times because your opponent's trying to stop doran even if they can stop him with let's say like peter and doing the stuff uh you know it opens up a lot of spots for you to get uh get 'em with uh you know with the rerolls or the vulnerable token when they shoot or the thundering or you know I had uh one game where you know with peter you know it makes it actually pretty easy to get all three zones uh and then it really puts a lot of other um range units to shame uh when you can consistently get two uh, or even sometimes all three effects. Uh, it, time will tell if they get a, a long-range unit, what it'll look like and how good it'll be, but I think Stormcrow Archers, uh, in my opinion, have found a really good home with uh, Martellus. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I've
6: actually had really good luck with uh, Dorn MCU along with Alaria and putting their Frey in there, knowing that I'll get that. It's hot and be yep. able to use him and attack at the
2: end of the round. That yeah, that that feels pretty incredible. And even uh, you know Tyene, uh I'll run like a, a Doran, Tyene, and Walder because then uh, you poison the crown, and then if they take the crown, uh, their NCU will die. But if they don't take the crown. You Walder the crown uh, on the turns uh, on every turn, so that you go first, which makes you allow uh, allow you to Doran the spot you need every turn. Um, that's a you know a combo that works pretty well. It stops uh, the Peter. Um, it won't stop like uh, Elena or like Intrigue and Subterfuge from turning off Doran, but that three. NCU combo does shut off the universal little little finger, unless they take the crown with an NCU and kill it. Essentially, um, that's the only way to kind of stop that combo. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that. That that sounds pretty great. I mean, granted, you're spending 13 points in NCU's, <laughs> so you you definitely are putting a big investment in it but you know it's especially if like let's say you're in a tournament but you know everyone is going to be running little finger to counter you uh and if you're doing like a two list format you know you can you know run one list with those three and uh you know and go that route uh it works um i like it but it's not nearly my playstyle so i played it for a, uh, I played like six games with it, and it worked really well. But just wasn't my play style, so I kind of mixed it up. But it's definitely an option. All right. Yeah, I think so, that's exactly uh, like Brett was saying earlier. Oh. Go ahead.
6: I want to say, just like Brett was saying earlier, I think as, as health catch on, and people get more used to them. You're going to see Peter a lot more often and Martel's left to come up with a answer, which sounds exactly like what you just did.
2: Yep, exactly, yeah, because you know, unless you got got, uh, like, a Lannister or, Bra- like, a Renly Baratheon player, um, you know, there's not a lot of great answers to Doran, uh, and so the universal answer is Littlefinger, um, and a lot of people will still run just Littlefinger over running uh um, Olena. Even though I think for one point more Olena is uh the easy option if you're if you that's if you're afraid of Doran. Um but uh yeah, Littlefinger is so universally uh a counter to Doran that, you know, that the running Tyene Walder and Doran is a great uh, a great you know counter to that counter. So but uh Good. All right. uh, Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Don't forget to uh, message me, and uh, good luck with uh, winning the the starter box. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for being on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah,
6: thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
2: All right. So uh, I'm going to go back to uh, caller 8096, uh, see if you're... uh, Hey, are you... uh, You there?
7: Yep. Yo, yo, uh, first-time listener, first-time caller.
2: Awesome. So, uh, (laughs) where are you calling from?
7: I'm actually I'm calling from Chicago. Um that's actually the whole thing is I'd bring back so much memory to be honest with you. Because uh, I used to uh, be on Blog Talk and everything's just like it's flooding it's all flooding back.
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I did blog, uh, I used to play a card game, uh, Dragon Ball uh Dragon Ball Z card game, uh that was made by Panini okay. and uh I used to do a blog talk, um Show on for that game, that one I was just the co-host or uh, you know my friend had started it and asked me to join, but that's where I got the idea to do blog talk for uh, for this show for for this game.
7: How long have you guys been so, on then?
2: Uh, how for this for small council?
7: Oh sure yeah 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 and and you too because I mean since like I you've been on for a bit yourself.
2: Yeah, the for uh, for doing small council. I think, uh, Brett, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we've uh, just over three years now, uh, with uh, give or take give or take one episode a week. So, I think we're at like 160 episodes or something. I could be off awesome. somewhere. Yeah, I feel like it might even be a little bit more than
3: that. I, I feel like you. I feel like you knew me before Gen Con 2019 and you might have invited me on shortly after, but that would have been like August, September of 2019, which I I feel that might be a little bit more accurate. Hmm. Maybe I'm getting my timelines mixed up. I'd have to think back. No, 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 no. I I did. I lived in... yeah, I lived in Shelbyville. I lived in Shelbyville when you invited me because I lived in Shelbyville yep. when I went to Gen. So, yeah, it's been, it's actually been in Illinois. I think, they, three and a half or so.
2: Uh, Indiana. Oh,
7: okay. <laughs> the other Shelbyville. <laughs> but it's I'm
2: actually, uh, I'm just, I'm just north of uh, Chicago, so not too far
7: yeah yeah no i used to actually i um um i uh traveled for work for renovating hotels and i was in central illinois for a few actually basically <laughs> i lived in a hotel for a few years and shellyville and that whole area Eppingham County, i uh i was in for a bit and uh that's why i was a little excited <laughs> just because of that plus i know a bunch of uh, as i kind of mentioned uh, um my name is justin uh, as I was trying kind to of mention earlier, uh, I'm into like the, uh, you know, paranormal lore and such. And uh, charlottesville has got quite a bit. I'm sure Indiana's got quite a bit of stories themselves, but uh, that was one of the areas that uh, I ended up checking out. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. The whole whole history with Central Illinois itself is pretty cool. But yeah,
2: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I I think uh, you had sent the link. I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, um. Yeah, uh, yeah, I uh horror horror movies are my favorite and paranormal type stuff. Uh I've always have always been something I love uh listening to uh and watching. Even like even like the B-rated uh horror movies, you know, if it's mm-hmm. got like a good lore to it or a good story to it, you know, I I'll you know, I'll watch the, those type of things uh, all day every day.
7: Yeah, so, I love war uh, myself. I was up on that.
2: So what uh, faction do you play?
7: Well, actually, I, I think that this is all just great, to be honest with you, because it's just random. And uh, I'm I'm literally trying to get into it. Uh, I'm into Warhammer, and I kind of just got into it literally, I think, at the end of 2018, so technically at the end of 8th edition. And um I didn't play that much because of, you know, the whole COVID rules and whatnot, so that didn't help. But uh, uh, I've been playing this, and uh, I play tabletop games, you know, from, like, Horrified. I do, like, you know, model-type games and such. And uh, I do D&D and Pathfinder, mostly Pathfinder. I feel that uh, that's one of the better uh, role-playing in that sense of, like, mainstream stuff. But uh, I had a couple friends that were getting into this. Uh, and, um, I'm partially, I'm kind of, you know, pushing it because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Game of Thrones, but I do like the lore, but uh, my girlfriend is. And, uh, I do like looking for games for her, for me and her to play. You know, we play Magic, uh, she played a little bit of Warhammer with me and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever else we can play board game wise. But I felt like something like this, a little new for me, uh, since I do like getting at the tabletop and that's something like, uh, you know, just overall with, you know, the army type stuff. Uh, I really do enjoy, and I think something like that for her and I can do and a uh, rain gauge, but since, you know, I'm involved more every, every time I hear people talk about it, I just get more involved. I watch videos and then I just literally listen to you guys talk about the Martells, which is interesting because, you know, I, even though I briefly looked into it, I don't know how, maybe, maybe just war wise and from the, you know, the show. Uh, I was just drawn to the Maraus you know automatically, but uh you know part of it was like i you know i wanna try try this, that would be the fashion I would be interested in, um uh, mostly partially uh by the rule of cool, if people know what that is, but uh the other is because I'm a little bit of a fan of the character. Uh, before, before he got crushed, <laughs> essentially. And, uh, you know, and that uh, was the last we've seen of, uh, the Mark Housen, I think. But, um, you know, just overall, just the lore, the way people keep talking about the gameplay and, uh, how it's, you know, simplified in a sense, you know, even my friend who's getting involved, he's like, Oh, dude, you're, you're going to like this. You know, you're going to love the streamlined. You're going to love how this is. I play commander with magic as well. Of course, some the other modes, but Commander is my favorite. And, uh, you know, he's like, just, this is the mix. <laughs> as I thought Warhammer was, he's like, no, this is really the mix of literally all the things that I would, you know, like about tabletop. So that's mainly the reason why, you know, I'm more, more or less getting involved is for a little bit of the hype, uh, that people are trying to get me involved in. And I literally was looking for something that my girlfriend and I can play. You know, almost all my games, like every from from magic, uh planeswalker decks, something easy to start with, and then I have many decks uh play around for so anyone who can come over, even with Warhammer, uh I have a few factions that we could start to play. And I always felt <laughs> I don't know why, but I always felt like if I was getting involved with gaming, gaming's for everyone, so why not, you know, uh kind of branch out like that. And uh every time I got into Warhammer, which was the earlier stuff, I um I don't know if anyone knows what vampire count was, but a friend of mine had it and he did have a starter set, but uh we had to limit the rules and stuff because there was only so many things we could do with the models we had. And um, you know, that's nice and all, but if you want to get into the game you kinda of wanna get as much experience as possible. So every time I get involved in a game it's always, you know, hopefully someone else can play with me, you know, it's not I'm just not collecting for myself. It's more collecting, you know, for, for everyone, you know, even uh I could ramble on about this. Overall, even traveling for work, uh renovating hotels and stuff. Uh I brought my magic cards with me. I wasn't, you know, obviously into Warhammer and uh you know I I guess you could do Pathfinder and D and D but uh I brought, you know, whatever I could board game wise, but most definitely Central Illinois, you wouldn't believe people were looking to play magic. And of course, that's kind of a uh, a separate scenario than like being involved in like Northern Illinois or even anywhere else. I mean, I, I traveled a lot of the Midwest. I was working in Indiana to Wisconsin and such. Uh, but, uh, my time spent out there, it was surprising to know how many people were involved in magic. And then I just found out uh, they had a shop who's just starting to get in Warhammer in uh, Effingham, Illinois. Uh, but literally, I would teach people who are working at the hotel how to play Magic, and all my decks were ready to go. You could have four people ready to go. Just pick up a plane, walk their deck, ready to go. And that's just, you know, overall the feel and what I, you know, like to do with gaming overall. And just people who just don't know what it is, we're so happy to get involved. Of course... You know, you get a couple beers in, and it makes it easier <laughs> for people who enjoy the game more. Who don't know, but little did I know, people were interested in playing. I remember ordering pizza, and simply yeah. watching us. You know, the guy's like, "Oh, you play magic?" And it's, he was explaining that the, the store that they had closed down. Which there's a lot, you know, uh, you know, a lot of areas there's uh, you know a lot of stores that closed down even in the past uh, decade or so. But there's some staples, but most definitely. Just the idea of bringing people together, uh and that's just what I look about gaming. and that's what I found out about this because just um playing Warhammer now I'm into you know a few other things and then now this came up, and I was like, holy heck, and I was just so there my friend was explaining it to me, and uh yeah, I mean it's literally just kind of word of mouth and just a love of games and everything that kind of got me involved with it, yeah
2: I think uh this game is perfect for that because. Uh, you know, I, you know, Brett can kind of, I think, uh, uh, agree that you know we're both pretty competitive, but you know this game scales okay. so amazing for casual okay. to competitive. Uh, you know, you can play this game like you. For example, my wife is not a tabletop gamer at all, but mm. you know she would play this game with me no problem because it it's so. You know, beginner friendly. Uh, there isn't a whole lot to Definitely. it, but then, as far as like rules and you know the units and this and that, but uh, it's there's enough uh, you know nuance to it in the strategy that you know the yeah. more competitive players can also be you know can find something that they really you know can call home. So I think it, it really scales well all the way from the newest of new player, all the way to the most competitive player. And, you know, the rule set is designed in such a way that, you know, the, the casual player and the competitive player can even meet and have a good game. Uh, Unlike, you know, there's, there's just other games out there where that's hard to do. Uh, I mean, it is like a personal opinion, but like 40 K Warhammer 40 K was always that way for me. It was hard for a casual player, like a super casual player and a super competitive player to kind of meet, walk away, having fun, because you were just, it was, yes. you were, you, it was basically two different games, in a sense.
7: It is. It is. I mean, just choosing the units. I, I'm technically uh, casual, though I'm kind of forced. Like you're saying, in a sense, I'm kind of forced to be competitive, even in casual games. Uh, but uh, most definitely getting involved, it took... And for me, I mean, you know, even involved with these games, even Magic, creating my own deck, it took me a while before I felt... Uh, confident enough to just start building my own decks, you know? Uh, and uh, Warhammer took me a bit to get used to, especially in coming in off a cusp of a change and everything. Uh, it, it most definitely was a little hard. They do have simpler rules, but even that with, you know, you go from there to build up, it, it becomes kind of ridiculous in some sense. But even in the cost, and even looking with uh, the Song of ice and fire, you know, the cost for everything is It's fairly, it's affordable. You know, that's another thing, you know, people, when they get involved, they get all turned off. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to always collect, uh, Warhammer models. Uh, I'm most definitely going to probably play because I've invested into it and I feel like (laughs) watching, you know, I know how much everything costs, watching it just sit around. You know, I just had to get involved. It is, it is. I do try, you know, people don't get scared. You can't, you don't always get to buy new, but most of dollars they come from eBay and I do my best to look at the deals when you start noticing pricing. Uh, but still it's, it's costly. You know, you're looking you know, let's just say to start a decent army, even though if you get a starter box, you're really looking at like almost 200 plus to start a decent army, you know, at base value. And with looking at this, with some of the things, looking, I think it was like $30 for a unit, you know, and and that one drives me to games too you know it's a cost of course i'm (laughs) i've involved a warhammer that's kind of contradictory what i'm saying but you know i'm involved with the lore. i like the models i'm i'm a towel player necron player but most definitely more towel player so i enjoy that a little more and it doesn't necessarily sway away given that i i know i can find what i want on ebay for almost a quarter to half the price at the most you know so you know if you're really going to get involved that's one way to go about it but when I was looking at this, the starter set, as well as just getting involved with the Martells and looking at the additional expansion, you know, just simply to add on to any of the armies, yes, out of pocket, I'm looking at about 30 something dollars, you know, and that's something that attracts me too, you know,
5: because
7: any, any, any hobby, you know, is not cheap, but to, uh, we need to maximize that as well as uh, invest in a game that's enjoyable. Is most definitely you know a, a huge part of that, and um, this most yeah, definitely well, that uh, it was huge. That was a part of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, the the other thing that kind of makes the game even cheaper is one like with War uh, Warhammer. Uh, a lot of times you can make extremely strong forces by spamming the same unit, whereas in Ice and Fire yeah. you you can I guess, but it. It really, Ice and Fire, I think, rewards more players for being diverse. And with that said, you can pretty much only own two of every unit and not have to ever own a third in most cases. Not only that, you don't have to buy rule books or anything like that. All the rules are free. Um, And you can print out whatever you don't, you know, that you might need to print out if it's like an updated tactics card. Uh, And that all adds up. Um, you know not only that but like you were saying where you can maybe find something for half or a third of the price for 40 K. k after you know something isn't as new anymore you can pretty much say the same for um, Ice and Fire I know my uh, Spencer who's a host on or a co-host on here he just bought like a Targaryen army for like a complete fully complete Targaryen army I think for like 200 bucks. you know and
5: not it's it.
2: it's Pretty, uh, you know, it, uh, there's. I mean, I don't know every single game out there, but uh, I'm willing to bet that this is the cheapest tabletop game there is. You know, aside from you know, if you're talking like something that only requires like you know five miniatures, but if you're talking like yeah, something yeah. that requires like a hundred models or more, then you know, I'm pretty sure this is about as cheap as it gets. Uh, if you if you're talking rulebook, cards and Uh, models and everything and tools so but uh not to cut you short uh uh,
5: show's winding
2: down and we actually have we actually have a a bunch more callers we got to get to but i do really appreciate you calling in um and don't don't forget to uh message me uh and then uh, i'll let you know if you either win a unit box or a starter
7: I appreciate that guys and now I am following the show and I'm going to listen to all your commentary on everything. So I appreciate that. Thank you all.
2: Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. All right. So, uh, I see two more colors on there. Do, uh, um, again, I'm going to go in the order that you guys called in. Uh, so 1369. I'll let you on in a second. Uh, 0037. Uh, just hang in there. Um, I'll get to you. Uh, we will easily have enough time for both of you. Um, anyone else that's uh, thinking about calling in, definitely do it because uh, I think we only have time for probably three more callers at very most four more. I know Brett has to leave soon. Uh, so, but I will bring on caller 1369. Thank you for uh, calling in.
0: Hey, guys. How's it going?
2: Hey, where are you calling from?
0: I'm calling from the East Coast of Canada here in Nova Scotia.
2: Nice. So, uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on maybe anything that we've talked about already or even just kind of the state of the game if uh, maybe you didn't catch uh, the other part? <laughs> well,
0: I'm definitely going to mention one thing you said earlier. Uh, coordination tactics in Martell's. It's a terrible idea. Please never do it. I've been <laughs> saying this about about Greyjoys. Um I've heard if, I, I don't know if you guys recognize my voice or not at all. Uh I'm I'm common on Discord as gamma 16 You probably run into me at least once or twice.
7: Probably um, but, but I've been uh...
0: saying that <laughs> that Greyjoys are never allowed to get a quick fire unit because we have a coordination <laughs> tactics and then Bastard's Girls, and then Relentless, and the fun shenanigans you can have with all that, so please never let Martells get it, unless you give it to Greyjoys, too. Like, come on. Uh, That's fair. But other than that, I mean, short side of Mance being a little bit strong right now, I've been really enjoying the current balance of the game, having played it since, essentially, the Kickstarter, so...
2: nice yeah the Mance is definitely i think uh kind of an issue um but i i agree i think the game is in a great spot uh especially because you know you could probably just pick like five things you know in each faction that either need a buff or a, a you know a nerf and you know you know, when there's such little things in every faction that you can kind of just have a small risk to change, I think that says a lot about the state of the game.
0: Definitely.
2: So uh, what uh, uh, faction are you playing at the moment? Or uh, or do you only have one faction? Or kind of what, uh, what are you doing at the moment?
0: Uh, I have mostly been playing... Great joys since the start of twenty twenty one. Um, I did I have tipped my toe back into Starks. I've had some decent success back in one point six with some Stark lists. Um, Brett will probably remember my my fun bowman Cranigman list for one point six. Um uh, and I, I still <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely still play the Lannisters, and uh, I picked up quite a big neutral force. So I have I have a lot of the originals, but once Greyjoy's came out, they have been my first love from the show, even into the into the books now that I'm reading them. And if ever there becomes a Stark Theon, I might switch back and play him for quite a bit. But uh, Greyjoy's are really really my jam through and through and through. Nice. So one thing that you could get... It will be on more
2: of a positive note. One thing that you could get a buff to, not like a specific buff, but just generally, one thing that you would like to see have
3: a buff, what would it be? I would like Pillage to
0: matter more. It it feels like like yeah. I like the idea of Eric Ironmaker's cards, but they don't really work right with the way he works. But, like, it feels like all... I would love it if the entire Greyjoy deck had ways that you could spend and gain tokens, and it's not just a, well, you have your two tokens, you're set for the game, good luck, or it's a shame you didn't get any tokens. Your units are worth a point less than what you paid for them.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, with Greyjoy's being, uh, you know, only you know they're second on my list now that Martels are out. But you know, Mar- uh, Greyjoy's are definitely uh, you know second on my list for favorite faction. Uh, I'd agree with that. I think Pillage, you sacrifice too much to get the buffs that uh, that the cards are trying to give you for expending the tokens.
0: Yeah. And what do you like think, Brett? A lot of the
8: yeah.
3: Um, for Greyjoys, I I the interesting thing is that I find uh, Roderick to be almost mandatory because in my experience playing Greyjoys, when I've gotten cards in a decent order, uh, it's been a, it's been a good game. Um, even even in the ones that I lost it, it, it felt like a fair reasonable game I've had games where my opening hand is like iron price, iron price, bless the stone, bless steel and then I was sad uh, like, those are those are good cards <laughs> but also I can't hold on to them um, you know and so it's bad feels, and I know that that's you can make a case for that being true for any army. Like, Oh, I played Martels and I drew into two rising temps. At least it starts to work round two, I guess. I mean, you want to draw rising temps round three, four, well, you know, later game, depending on the priority, but it's not, I don't think that it's as pronounced for anybody else as it is for gray Um, Because those cards are what you need in the late game to swing the game, either to swing the game back for you or to uh, keep you from being crushed, you know. So drawing them early, early, early is bad. And so you end up like, okay, I'll throw away Blessed Stone, one of my iron prices, and then you're holding one iron price. And, you know, there's other cards that you need and want. So I guess my long story short, um, even for cards like Overrun, uh, I would like to see something added where we have the discard the card, draw a card. Maybe you can
7: draw a card,
3: put this one back into your deck, just on very select cards. And I would say the iron price, overrun, and, you know, maybe some others could be a candidate for that, just dig it back into your hand. Or if you gave it the ability to attach and you can remove it, when you remove the village and get the effect or something, it's a bit more telegraphed, but it's better than having that card dead. So, I don't know. Maybe something they can tinker around with. I think I think as far as the Greyjoys, that's the biggest issue I see with them. I, 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 uh, I, they need some way to help their card order that isn't just Roderick, uh, because being cornered into taking Roderick isn't a field trip. And then I think a lot of Targaryen players would agree as well that it sucks drawing Overrun, such a good card. You draw overrun one or two of them in early game and they're gone. Now you've lost that effect. So that's my take, but I'm a limited grade player. I don't
0: play them a lot. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I have found... I love Roderick. I think he's a fantastic NCU. But the joys have such stacked NCU lineup. Between Wendemir, probably the best designed NCU in the entire game. Byron on hands down. He's not OP, he's just perfect. Um, Baron the Blind? Yeah, Baron Black Eye, Baron the Blind. So amazing, hard to play without him. Your Baelish is hard to leave home. Oh, Christopher Bosley is so good in the three-folk matchup. Roger Karloff, like he's good, and you want to take him, but he's just—is he worth it over some of the other tech pieces? And it's like, if he air the cards better than the ability of some of these other NPs, and half the time the the deck isn't even strong enough to beat out just like Baelish's ability, I I forego cards in my hand just to have Baelish's ability half the time.
2: Yeah, I think uh you know, yeah, it's definitely hard uh with Greyjoys, you know, picking your lineup of NCU. Uh I think Roderick, um, as you were saying, he's so he's so useful but depending on what commander you're running it's it's hard to fit him in with all the other great options. But I would say that, um if you're running Victorian commander, he's almost like a must take. Uh his value goes way up in a Victarian list because Victarian just really needs uh like his cards early game to get that auto six charge. Um and even just to filter out uh stuff and get a bunch of free attacks between we do not Sow and assault orders. Um, there's just so much uh you know uh benefits to having uh, Roger Carlaw with uh, Victorian, But I would also even say like Eric Ironmaker, uh, NCU, you know, having early pillage I think is key to making Reavers so much better because I think at face value, Reavers, you know, aren't that amazing because of hitting on that 4-up. But I think if you can get an Eric, you know, a pillage token before they ever charge, and then they charge in and get, uh, you know, kill a rank, and now they're at two two pillage, pretty much off the bat, I think is where Eric kind of shines.
5: Uh,
0: Eric is hit or miss for me. I like to run him if I'm running double Iron Makers which is a list I should probably stop running because every time I think it's gonna be great having a two plus five plus on two units, especially because I run uh, Euron attachment in one of them and have Osha Commander. And IRC Ironmaker is almost mandatory for that list to get that two plus armor going right from round one, or round two, sorry, on both units. But I've, I've run them with Reavers, I've run them with reapers, and it is nice to be able to hit on that three or that four, or sorry, the hit on the three or the two early with the reapers or get that plus damage with reapers or the, the extra um, minus two leadership from Silence men. But it the, the pellet tokens almost don't do anything outside of that. And he's good for two rounds to get two tokens out. And sometimes it feels like even just having a unit of cutthroats would have been better to hit on threes right from the start anyway, rather than to have to spend a four-point NCU to get there. And like the the cutthroat can get two a free reroll and a vulnerable token out. So I've I've been finding reavers, which were a unit I used to think were amazing have been feeling lackluster with the last update because they made other five point units that were competing for the same slot better and it just it it feels like it's great kind of stagnated they were doing great in season 2021 uh when season one came out uh we didn't lose anything because the only thing that got updated were *To the Last* and *Relentless*. Um, I will miss my *Relentless* *Bastards* girl shooting, but uh, I think it's worth it for losing also. Um, it, it just feels like the the things that got buffed in other factions just pushed pushed out everything that was unique and powerful in *Greyjoy's*. To the fact that it just we feel like we're treading water. Uh, no pun intended. To try to stay afloat. Oh my God, water fun! I'm honestly not mean to do this, but it's amazing. Um, (laughs) Just just trying to keep keep with the rest of the pack.
2: Yeah, I I would say, um, you know, a lot of people have made the cutthroat comparison, and I do agree that uh, that just already hitting on a three is, is desirable. I think where it kind of, where I just like the reavers better is, um, you know, having that sundering uh, naturally. And I know the cutthroats can get a vulnerable, which is somewhat similar, but um, you're not, you don't feel obligated to activate the reavers early. Whereas with the cutthroats obviously to get that uh the rerolls and the um and the vulnerable you have to activate before whatever you're attacking is activated uh not only that though part of the survivability that the reavers would have is um, uh having the pillage tokens so that you can use uh your um iron uh iron price yep so even with all that said, yeah, it is still pretty close to cutthroats over the reavers. But I don't. Know, I think the other upside to the reavers is if you're if you're looking for high activation gray joys, uh because that's kind of how I run my Victorian list. I run like I think it's like uh, four or five reavers, and then either one or two Bowman, Uh and then three NCU's, and then just if you get pillage on them early and you just start, you know, hitting them hard with Victorians cards and all their free attacks, it really, it really starts to, to pile up. But that's just kind of my playstyle, though. That's, um, Greyjoys I think are great in that aspect, that they have a lot of strong playstyles at their disposal. Yeah,
0: they don't really have one like stando- This is the best um commander to use. This is the best list to run. Like I think I'm not sure who our highest rated commander, like if you're looking at stats wise is, I feel like it's probably Baron, Lactide or Dagmar. Dagmar, a personal favorite of mine. As well as Theon. But like even if you look at like Mikel, who is one of the well, he is the best player of the world like far as ratings go and honestly how, how well he does with Greyjoys into a field of, uh, Martell's Baratheon's everything. And he's running Asha who people say is one of the worst Greyjoy commanders you can have because her cards sometimes <laughs> yep. are just dead cards. It's like there's, there's not like a bad choice, which is great, but it also means that there's not a standout great choice. Which feels bad at times, but you can—it just means you can play anything, which is kind of kind of freeing.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I mean we've we've mentioned it a couple times on the show, but I think uh, you know stats is you know stats is stats the way it is, and so generally you know it's right in the sense that let's say whatever commander is doing the best, okay, that commander is generally the best, but People, I think, tend to forget that whatever is comfortable to you, whatever is best for your playstyle, is gonna change that. So let's say, let's say, Greyjoy's the best commander is, we'll say, uh, Baylor um, Black Tide. Well, uh, Baylor might not be the best commander for me
1: because if
2: your playstyle will dictate how well you play. Just naturally, if you have a, a a favored play style that you know how to play better than another play style, a commander that suits that play style is generally going to be better for you than what is generally better for the mass population of uh, you know playing the game. But all right, so uh, it looks like Brett had to go. Um, we're winding down. Uh, I do really appreciate you calling in, um, you know, and don't forget to message me afterwards, uh, and I will let you know if you have one.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me on again.
2: Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Bye. All right. So we have one more caller, unless someone else calls in after uh, afterwards. But, uh, caller zero zero three seven. Thank you for calling in. Hey Dave, the blue Cartman from Huntsville, Alabama. How are you doing? Oh man, disqualified. Bye.
8: <laughs> yeah, please do not. Do
2: not put me <laughs> Don't in you have enough starters? Jeez, for...
8: dude, I do, I do. Don't put me in consideration <laughs> for the giveaway. Uh,
2: no, I, oh, I, I, I just
8: enjoyed calling and listening in.
2: <laughs> so. <laughs> What's your uh, thoughts on the state of the game?
8: Oh, it's definitely, it's definitely in need of change. Um, I, I think, you know, it's kind of like a puzzle. Once you've solved it, you're, you're kind of bored and ready to move on. And I think uh, excitement and, and hype about the game to continue and to really kick off 2023 on the right foot, I, I think change is just necessary.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I'm still having fun. Uh, but it's definitely, I don't know. I'm still kind of discovering Martell's a bit, but yeah, for the most part, every other faction, uh, you know, there's, you know, not a whole lot going on. I mean, granted there, there's still a little bit to discover, at least for me with a lot of the new hero boxes, but outside Mm -hmm. of that, yeah, a lot of it's, a lot of it's kind of more on the predictable side.
8: Yeah, and I agree. And it's a great point about the new hero boxes. Uh, I've been playing around a lot with Targaryens lately, and I've been playing a lot with Marcelin from Targaryen Heroes 3, and it has been so refreshing uh, to to be able to put Targaryen lists together without Drogo and feel like I have a commander who has a significant impact on the play style, and it's my playstyle, right? Like, Marcelin is – everything I would want in a commander personally. He um, brings so many stark elements to Targaryen that that feels home for me. But, but you're right, like playing around with these hero boxes, finding a way to keep the game fresh uh, is, is definitely key to staying interested.
2: Yeah, I think hero boxes are definitely the best um, things. Yeah. other than maybe sometimes, you know, like a new faction, you know, with, uh, let's say Martell's, you know, they don't have a range unit or a cab unit, you know, prior to what was just released. But when, when a new faction needs a certain element, those are always super exciting to see. But otherwise, you know, I think, you know, I don't get more excited than when I see, uh, hero boxes, uh, revealed, Mm -hmm. um, they just add the most, in my opinion, the most content to your faction. Uh, just a single, uh, just a single hero box feels like you just it expands the number of things you can do uh, by you know, just by a ton. Even if it's only you know two commanders, like two NCU's and like three attachments or something, it's just You know, because you're you're usually never going to just run a list that has all of those things in one list. Usually it's, like, two of those things, which, with that said, now that means, like, you could be playing another 20 games, 30 games, before you've even really played enough of the hero box to really get a feel for everything in that hero box.
8: Absolutely. And, like, Dark Hero 3, that came out... Early 2022, and I still feel like I haven't really even unlocked the full potential from that box, right? I think there's still so much potential going forward for like King, Rob, NCU. Um, if any if any changes are ever made to Outflank and Field Control, um, that just that will open up Rob King in the North NCU, and that opens up a lot of lists to um, one of the Dark Wolves that's kind of rarely taken which is Grey Wind. And now, you know, you can look at taking Grey Wind, a shaggy dog, and and Liana uh, as an NCU, since you're bringing two dogs. And, and that, I mean, that right there just adds so many more list-building options. You know, and that box is several months old.
2: To mention, you know, we're kind of talking about as if you only play one faction. You know, you could be in, like, yeah. my boat, where I play every faction, and so when you hit, get hit with, like, four hero boxes all coming out, I mean, it, you know, I I haven't even been able to fully, uh, I, like, personally have not played with uh either Baratheon hero box, uh, the Targaryen hero box, and have played with almost nothing of the Stark hero box. I've played against all of it quite a bit by now, but, I've just been so like in, engulfed in playing Martells and then Greyjoys before that that you know even though I play a little bit of all the armies I just have not been able to even you know remotely test any of that stuff myself. Um, so it just you know there's just so much to it. Especially you know it's not that out there for someone to play you know three four. Or all the factions because of how affordable the game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
8: so you know, don't nobody out there should really feel like that. There's
2: there's nothing
8: to do because there's there's bound to be something that you haven't played yet or you haven't tried yet. Um, and that's one of the things I'm most excited about is this weekend, uh, this Saturday, Rocket City. We're having our uh, first tournament at High Ground Hobby. And we're expecting probably between 10 to 15 people, which is a good number for us. Nice. And I'm going to be playing Targaryen. Uh, nice. Not for the first time, but it'll be the first, the first time really breaking them out for anything that's recorded on stats.
2: Yeah, I I think our tournament this month is, uh, I think it's like the third Saturday something happened. We normally do the second Saturday every month. Um, but something happened and now we're, I think we're on either the 21st or 28th. So we'll see, uh, how it goes, but, um, we've been having some pretty, uh, awesome, uh, turnouts. Uh, last one we had, I think 12 and, I, and that was with like four people that always come that just had something come up. So we could easily had like 16. So I'm, I'm super excited. I think, uh, I think by mid year we could be upwards of like 18 to 20 people regular, like on our regular tournament. So, and then how did, uh, how did your event go with the, all the, um, starter boxes? Yeah, so that,
8: so that went well. We've given out, uh, six out of seven and I tell you, you know, <laughs> I've learned so much about how life can just impact people's plans. Uh, One of the individuals who got a box had a baby, uh, his first. uh, Celebrated the birth of his daughter. Another one was in a car accident and now has no transportation to the store and lives about 40 minutes out of town. Uh, Another, uh, let's see, I can't remember what happened to him. But uh, oh, two of them are store employees uh, at High Ground Hobbies, but they are basically so busy. Um, was running the store that that they don't get to play on a regular play night. Um, They play, like, after hours on their own time. And then uh, we just had a lot of other guys who, you know, this isn't their first and only miniatures game. It is, you know, either their second or their third. They're also playing, like, Star Wars Legion. They're playing 40K. They're playing, you know, some are playing Blood Bowl. Elite just started up. So we got guys who kind of have a hand in many different pots. And for our group, uh, our original group, uh, rocket city golden company, you know, the majority of us, this is the only minister's game that we play and we kind of play song exclusively. And, uh, that's not the case for a lot of the guys that we've added. So, uh, we are being patient with everybody. You know, there was no real expectation of having to show up and having to play when we gave the starter boxes out. Um. One individual who got the Martell box did end up moving uh, out of state, um, but we found them another gaming group uh, local to them where they moved to. So so that all still worked out, uh, uh, you know, another player get into the game. And it, it has been good, but it's also been a challenge, you know. I, I didn't – I don't think I expected it to need to be as hands-on, Um I'm kind of a self-starter, so if somebody gave me a starter box, like I would run with it and learn everything about the game and do it all on my own, but uh, that's not the case for everybody. So we have done a little bit of hand-holding, uh, a little bit of kind of, you know, begging people to come to an event or to play our game over one or another, uh, and that has been the challenge. The thing that I think will help us in our cause would, one, would be this next update coming out. Um, I think it'll generate excitement for our veteran players as well as some of our newer players um, to know that they're kind of coming in fresh, just as we are. And I think uh, if we see some more, you know, marketing uh, from Cool Mini or not, I think in 2022, we saw eight articles posted for Song of Ice and Fire. Um, And I think I get an ad for Zombie Side every week. So it, it would be really nice to see maybe that double in 2023. You know, I'd love to see uh, a news article from Steamon like every three to four weeks uh, regarding Song of Ice and Fire. Because I tell you, for a lot of these guys that we introduced the game to and gave the starter box to, we were the first time they had ever heard about Song of Ice and Fire.
2: Yeah, it's, I'm not surprised. That's, you know, a big reason why, you know, I – I do this show even, you know, just to kind of get the word out there to, you know, give people something to listen to, to kind of hear about the new stuff, Um, kind of, you know, even just shout out the other content creators so that they know where to go and what to, you know, look for, Uh, you know, because as much as I absolutely love CMON, I think they do an amazing job. You know, this is kind of, this isn't even on Fabio or Michael. This is not even, that's, you know, because it's not fair. It's not their department. But I think CMON really needs to, uh, you know, give the marketing department, you know, an overhaul or, you know, some more love or something. Or maybe, who knows, maybe they just don't even have anyone. They just need to hire someone. But, you know, the marketing and advertising department, really needs to i think go into overdrive and uh really start to push this game hard cuz at the moment i feel like you know the community is what's doing it you know doing like 99% of the work which is great you know it's great when a community does that but uh i think Seaman really needs to like do do more of a hand in hand sort of a um approach i agree
8: and, and I think, you know, I think you do a great job. I think uh, the other content creators do a great job. Like that is when I first started this game, that's what really sold me on it was listening to small council radio and, and all the other content out there. Um, but it does, it does mean a lot more when it comes from the official channel, right? When you know, oh, this game is this game's really active. Man, this company really pushes this game. Uh, because you you see or you hear so much about it, or or even if you just go on the website, and the most recent article is you know recent. Um, I, I don't remember, but I think the most recent article on the on website right now is from like August or September. Um, so it would be it would be really nice because I remember when I first got into the game, Dave, uh, the visions of the flames articles were coming out.
1: And this was in like
8: like every week? January 2021, right? And yeah, every week there was a new article. And man, I mean, the hits on that theme on website had to have been as high as they've ever been for A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, They don't have to get back to that pace, but I would love to see some more frequent uh, posts and content.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know they could probably even find someone from the community to even do it, you know, to write up the articles and stuff. You know, for example, you know, just another person looking to be like a content creator, but in the sense of an article, you know, format. You know, because like, you know, we do this show for free. You know, we don't we don't uh, like get paid for it. They don't give us product we don't get anything from CMON, but we still do it for free so i guarantee you mm-hmm. that they could find someone that would write, easily be willing to write up articles for them obviously they would vet them obviously they can't just release whatever you know, you know there's a lot of sometimes there's a lot of red tape with that stuff but even if it was let's say financially they just couldn't afford to you know pay for someone to make articles yeah, you know, I'm sure there'd be someone in the community that would easily be up to do that job. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I agree. I think something vision, like a revamped vision, in the flames or just something. And even if it was like just every other week, you know, just something to build up the hype. Um, even if it was like developer's notes, like, Hey guys, this is what we're working on. None of this is set in stone, but uh, what do you think of it? You know, and they could just like tease a little something that they're allowed to tease uh, you know, once every other week. Uh, So, and then kind of get a little, you know, feedback if maybe it's something that's kind of controversial within the, the, Play tester group uh you know without having to release like an entire file of stuff because I, I know that that could cause a lot of issues within the you know development uh, process, but I don't know there's a lot of things I think they could do
8: yeah I agree I, there there's you made a lot of good suggestions, and I think that they've got some options, and they would definitely have some community members who would be very happy to volunteer you know, time to write an article. Um, even just like, you know, someone doing like a faction spotlight, right? Like getting, getting Mikhail's, uh take on Greyjoy, right? Um, there's so much that they could do. I'd,
2: I'd love to see them do more. Yeah. Even like what, um, uh, uh, on the name, um, Uh, sh- man, uh, <laughs> stats, their, uh, Monday show. Um, yeah. Uh, whatever it's called. I I'm completely blanking. Anyway, stats, uh, Monday show, they do uh like a, like a highlight on people's paint jobs. You know, they could, you know, it's cool mini or not. I mean, that was like what it was founded on was, you know, people's painted miniatures, um, you know, they could just even do like, you know, one article every other week opposite of the week where, you know, they're talking about the game itself and then just highlight people's paint jobs. And, you know, you could just, you could like email them with submissions and then they could take the submissions that they like and make an article on it of, uh you know, what they're you know, what the paint job was inspired by and this and that, you know, just a bunch of stuff like that.
8: Yeah, I'd love to see that. And I think that that would be easy to, you know, you wouldn't have to do a lot of proofreading, right, like an article, um, because they're just images. So you could have somebody on the marketing team just, you know, put out a a uh, tag on, you know, Twitter with Hashtag, you know, whatever, painting, song of ice and fire miniatures. And uh, just, you know, once every week or every other week, round up a few, you know, select favorites and then make an article. An article just showcasing your community paint job. So I think that's a great idea, Dave.
2: Maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll reach out to Fabio and see if he can, because I'm I'm sure it's kind of out of his, you know, realm of what he can do you know i'm sure he has nothing to do with that but maybe he can point me in the right direction and we can uh you know i can maybe reach out to whoever is in charge of that but uh but with that said it uh show is running down i really do appreciate you calling in it was definitely a nice uh little back and forth about some you know some i think much needed uh topics um But uh yeah, um I will let you know if you uh won the starter box.
8: Hey, I'm sorry. I think you <clears throat> I think you got a little choppy there. I didn't hear you at the end. Um it might be me.
2: Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you better now.
8: Sorry. <laughs>
2: okay. I was just saying, uh show's winding down, uh it's about to kick me off. Um so uh, I do appreciate you calling in. It was definitely a great uh, great discussion. Man, it was choppy again. Sorry, Dave, but if you can hear me,
8: uh, I just want to tell you thank you for letting me on the show. I just wanted to remind everybody about the Cherokee Open in North Carolina at the end of February. Um, if you're from the southeast, if you're in the area and you want to attend, I hope you can attend. It should be. Uh, A really fun event. I'm going to be the head judge, and I've heard from Adam LaBelle that there's going to be quite a bit of prize support. I think we're going to be hearing more about it, hopefully seeing some images of that here in the coming weeks, and uh, maybe some exclusive D3s and different kinds of of items that players can kind of take with them and use in their games in the future. Um, Hopefully a lot of cool ideas that get approved and and get through. We can get some pictures out to you uh, and generate some interest in that because... We want to definitely kick off these FLG events in the right way. But thanks for having me on, Dave. I'm going to hop off and
2: uh, enjoy the show. All right. Thank you for coming on. Um, Technically, I think the show has ended, but if anyone's listening or if it's recording, I know sometimes it's weird and we'll keep going. Um, Thank you all for calling in. Uh, thank everyone else uh for listening in um gonna randomly pick a winner for the starter and the unit uh and I will contact uh the respective winners um you know again, thank you all for listening in um, you know can't wait uh for uh, the next episode and uh we'll we'll talk to you guys then.
5: Still here. <laughs>